Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Merry Christmas. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals post-game show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Johnny Venerable, the GM, Saul Bookman. We've got Bo Brock live at State Farm Stadium in just a little bit. But Saul, man, that one, it was a gut punch, man. It was a game in which the Arizona Cardinals, we thought, were going to get blown out. And then as people said in the chat, then they were competitive all game, and then they blew it, only like Cliff Kingsbury and company have been known to do. Your initial thoughts and takeaways from this kind of heartbreaker on Christmas Day? Um, I mean, it was a heartbreaker, but, I mean, let's be honest. When when, when the Cardinals went up by 10, I was like, Tom's coming right back. There's yeah. just no way. And sure enough, it took, what, five, six plays at the most, and they were there had already put seven back on the board. Um, and then you could tell, like, the screws started to tighten a little bit. I thought the Cardinals were actually going to be able to pull out another field goal on that drive. Yeah. Um, but – it stalled yet again, and uh, Tom Brady showed you why he's Tom Brady. I think the play of the game for me, of course, was the option to pitch it out to Keontae Ingram, third and one. You're almost within field goal range already to basically put the game away because um, you convert there and you had been running it well. I mean, uh, Tampa was only going to be able to do so much, assuming that you could get another Matt Prater field goal. James Conner was gushing them, gutting them up the middle, Tampa, yeah, late in the yeah. fourth quarter. And what did Cliff Kingsbury opt to do? Give instead of, Yeah, instead of going with James Conner up the middle on third and one, he got cute. Not only did he run Keontae, it's not that I have a problem with Keontae, the pitch out. The pitch out that, by the way, had he not fumbled, was going to get snuffed out. That's just when you want to wrap your arms around Cliff Kingsbury and you want to say this team is playing hard for him, then he does something like that, and it's just like, oh my yeah. goodness, I can't, I can't defend that. That was the game for me. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, because then the 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 Bucks were able to get another three on the board to send it yeah. in overtime. Yeah, um, yeah. It, again, you know, I, I thought it in the moment too. Like, just again, call a timeout, go straight up, dive right over the the the, the center or between the center and the guard or guard yeah. and tackle. I don't care, um, and go for it with your strongest inside runner. Mm-hmm. Why why do we always have to do pull out some fancy shit um when it's just unnecessary, you know? Yeah, it was frustrating because again, defense played I think the best game of the season. I know Tom Brady isn't himself. I mean, he looks like he's about ready to retire after this game and the Bucks offense isn't a juggernaut, but they've got big time players, Chris Godman and Mike Evans and company. 
And of course the, the goal, and I thought, you know, the running backs were, were pretty competent tonight and you've got Marco Wilson playing great. And I thought Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons played well. And of course, JJ Watt, it's disappointing for the defense pick and spreads. Thank you so much for 99 super chat. Least we're still in the Cardinals, uh, Carter Anderson sweepstakes. Yep. Draft implications. We're going to get to that. Hopefully the Sean Payton, the Arizona rumors are true because we need, we need him now more than ever. Well, I'll, I'll play spin zone here. I do think it's a good sign for any GM head coach that may be looking at this team and saying, there's some young pieces here and they didn't quit on Christmas day against Tom Brady when they had nothing to play for. So I tweeted it out. Of course, it's very on brand for the Cardinals to play their best primetime game in recent memory when they had literally nothing to play for. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, that, that is very on brand, very on <laughs> brand. The, the best game of the season so far for them um, on primetime and, yeah, sure enough, this is where they fall short. You know, I, I again, I, I think I don't think Tampa was all that great anyway. Um, they came in. Listen, they've been on the struggle bus as well. They've been able to pull some games out, but uh, there's been a couple miracles that just kind of went their way, like the 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 game against the Saints a little while back. Like it's just there's some fluky stuff, but it's Tom Brady, and if you give him an opportunity, he's going to take advantage of you. And I thought yeah. the Cardinals played as great. Um, on defense as they possibly could have, considering the guys that they have. Yeah, and that's just that's just it. And I agree with you in terms of the young talent um, across the roster. There are definitely some pieces there, so it's got to yeah. encourage you. You're you're right. You get, it's got to encourage you if you're a possible head coaching candidate or a GM looking to come over. You don't necessarily have to completely overhaul, but you got to get some key guys in some key places to shore up things and make things a little bit more consistent. Trace McSorley uh, played as about as well as you could ask a, th- a third string borderline NFL quarterback to play 24 45. Yes, he had the one interception, but he made that nice throw to Hollywood Brown in overtime. I thought he played within the parameters, of the offense, and did some good things. I mean, to be honest with you, James Conner, 15 for 79. Why did James Conner only have 15 touches on the ground when he's averaging 5.3 yards per carry and they can't stop him? I mean, I, I the only time this offense stop me if you've heard this before stop themselves was screens and end arounds. I, I mean to me it's like the the possession in overtime after they made the throw McCorley made the throw to Hollywood. That next possession, Cliff tries very first play an end around to Hollywood Brown or a screen I can't remember and it gets one yard and it sets mm-hmm. them up for failure. The the game was there to be won and I think this is and I know people in the chat we're going to talk about it. How does this affect Cliff Kingsbury? I don't think this was a well-managed game from Cliff. I think that it's a good sign for Cliff that the players didn't quit on him. I mean, like, I'm not saying Denver quit on Nathaniel Hackett today, but that looks like a team ready to be done with the season. Like, they're stiff-arming the rest of their game, and they they want no part of competing. I, the Cardinals wanted to compete today, so kudos for them. We'll applaud you for that. And I know a lot of people would say, well, they're professionals. They have to play hard. That's bullshit. We see guys quit all the time. But... Cliff was not good in the second half. He didn't run nearly enough clock. He left way too much time. So as you mentioned for Tom Brady and his play calling with Trace McSorley, when when it's tailored for your back to have a big game, if your quarterback is limited and you're averaging 4.5 yards per carry and you're not pounding your running back, your, yeah. your time running back you gave a contract to, I can't defend that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it to the last four years, man. Yeah. I mean, it, that's what Cliff Kingsbury is. He he's he doesn't trust the consistency of 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 his own system, which yeah. is kind of which is kind of sad, you know. Yeah. I mean, James Conner, 
again, like we're doing these Trace McSorley like QB runs yeah. for like two, three yards a pop, maybe. When you have no quarterbacks, by the way, you can't <laughs> get you somebody have... else hurt. I'm just, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. so who's the four string backup? You know what I mean? Like, is D Hop going to go out there and say, <laughs> oh, by the way, not only can I also play quarterback because I did that in high school, but right. I also can play quarterback because I did that in middle school. So let me get back there. Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand this coach at all. I really don't. And I think most yeah. of the most of the fan base would echo those sentiments. Like, what are you doing? You're getting in your own way unnecessarily. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think tonight would have been a great night if you're on the Cliff bandwagon. And I know it's few and far between. But if you're Cliff Kingsbury, it's like, my players showed up for me tonight. And I'm sure on a Hard Knocks, can't wait for Hard Knocks this Wednesday, we'll have a post-game show, that people are going to be emotional after this game because they played their ass off for them. And then your coach really just kind of showed you that these are my inefficiencies. They're not getting better. Edwin had a great point that I want to pivot to here about Greg Dorch. Dorch is the real deal. It's a fireable offense that Cliff has forced them to ride the bench all year. Greg Dorch, 10 targets, excuse me, 11 targets, 10 receptions, almost 100 yards, 98 yards against Todd Bowles on Christmas Day. It's just mm. like, and they and they wouldn't, and they wouldn't, he's they wouldn't not play good enough. He's not yeah. good enough to play in the first eight games of the season when things really matter. Only when things have been put away. Trying out A.J. Green's corpse for how long? <laughs> Greg Dortch is clearly not the answer to anything we can do offensively. Uh, obviously, I say that sarcastically because, yeah. listen, we've been saying since preseason, Greg Dortch should have a much more consistent role on this offense. Yeah. Uh, but again, Cliff Kingsbury, for whatever reason, I, I, I can't figure it out. And I think if you can't figure out a coach – um, I can only imagine what the players think offensively and as a whole in terms yeah. of the value that he brings to the table. Like we talk about consistency and how us as a fan base can't really figure out what he's going to do from from play to play. But the yeah. defense can based on the, the 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 formations that he's putting in, the types types of signals or whatever that's going on. But his players like where are the players finding the consistency? And we again, week in and week out, we see the same thing on the field. False starts you know, inopportune uh, formation snaps uh, that are wrong, like just a bunch of different shit. And it leads to this, to, the, to this record, first of all, and then also down the stretch, how things just kind of fall apart for you time after time, after time again, the Arizona Cardinals are four and 16 in their last 20 games. I'm, I'm sorry. What four and 16 Yikes. in their last 20 games. I wanted to see a win tonight. I know a lot of people were rooting for a loss, I'm sorry. Like, this would have been a fun Christmas gift. It was entertaining. The team was, I mean, being able to, I watched that with my with my seven-year-old son, and we had a great time. I'm like, this is what good football looks like. And then it wasn't good football. And I'm like, oh, this is also what Cardinal football has. Uh, we've all come to know what it looks like. Um, some other standouts from the game. Again, you know, defensively, Isaiah Simmons, I thought was all over the field tonight, 11 tackles. I laughed at the graphic they put up that he's been in the slot 45% of the time, which was a joke. Just let him be you know, a thumper, let him be, you know, a predator in the front seven and, and let him go to work. I thought he was fantastic. And then, uh, you know, we've got some people making comments about it now, I guess, via Cam Cox, J.J. Watt tearing up, leaving the field. So yeah. with just, I guess, assumption and probably correct one, that this is his last game at State Farm Stadium, which I had not put two and two together because, again, I mean, Michael Bidwell was liable to do anything, but I, I think he's gone. I listen, I know what everybody's talking about in terms of like, could this be his last game uh, with the Cardinals? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I don't, I don't think that he would tear up about that. I have more of an inclination that he would probably tear up because maybe it's, 
maybe he's he's coming to the end. Damn. Because and that would only listen, the with, heart with, issue. The, with the heart issue um, that seems to be okay now, obviously. Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing. He's right. got a kid. He seems like he's in a different place in his life. And usually you are once you have a kid in the family and you want to be around a little bit more and all this other stuff. I wonder if that's that's that, man. Be unfortunate because, like, he can go and play for a contender tomorrow and be one of their best players on defense. He is everything. And that's the unfortunate part. We've talked about it at Nauseam here on PHNX Cardinals. You would have signed up tenfold if you would have known this is the J.J. Watt you're getting this year after all the missed time last year and the questions about a salary. He has showed up this year, carried water for this franchise, and kicked ass amongst a quarterback getting hurt and a head coach and a GM potentially on their way out. He has been the beacon for this franchise, the adult in the room, so to speak. So it's not just on the field, but it's off the field as well. So if that is his last game at home, it's unfortunate. I hope he, he continues playing because, again, he he's an ass kicker. I mean, what he did up front the last two weeks against Denver and then today, I mean, he they had Tom Brady looking sideways more often than not. And it really, you know, they ran out of gas, and that's the theme of the season. The offense didn't do enough because right now the offense is limited because they're missing players. And then the defense ran out of gas. I mean, nobody expected them to hold Tom Brady and company to what? 15 points would have been the the winning formula today. That's not realistic. And, you know, moral victories don't come this late in the year for a team that was supposed to make the playoffs. But for me, it's like, this was a, a quality performance by a lot of Cardinals that are playing for jobs next year. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just, I, I, I do think that, like, the defense balled their ass off. But, again, yeah. you know, we're starting to see reasons why certain guys are not high-level guys, right? So let's talk yeah. about Cliff Kingsbury. We've, yep. we've already expanded on Cliff Kingsbury. But now Vance Joseph. Chris Collinsworth made a, a phenomenal observation on the drive where the, the Bucks scored a touchdown, mm-hmm. talking about how their defense had changed and the def- defensive backs were sagging off 10 yards. Mm-hmm. And they were giving up those little dink dunk, uh, you know, for 10, 15 yard uh, uh, throwouts. Yeah. Uh, hello, you're it's Tom fucking Brady guy. <laughs> you're not playing against fucking Tom Tupa. Um, so you got to take you can't let him take advantage of that because he's he's the best fucking quarterback of all time. Vance Joseph, you cannot be passive in that moment. Like, and that's it's like against did. the Chargers against Justin Herbert when they were playing soft zone the whole game and they picked him apart. It's too yeah, predictable. If you're, if, you're afra- if you're afraid to lose, you're doomed to. Mm-hmm. You just are. And that's exactly what happened. Again, a reason why Vance Joseph is not uh, a head coach right now in this league. I know he's he's had his moments with these teams where they where they ball their ass off and they dominate. Uh, but then he's at equally as many moment, moments um, where things just fall apart for him. Or the, he's, he's making the wrong call at the wrong time. And more importantly the lack of wanting to play more talented players based on experience. You know, I mean, it's clear right now that the two third rounders that we picked They're up, good. They're good they, players. They're solid players. Why the yeah. fuck haven't they been on the field, uh, you know, as much in the first eight games as they have been the last four or five? Like, it blows my mind. And I'm not even talking about fundamental things that they might have picked up from J.J. Watt and all this. I'm talking yeah. about legit physical talent yeah off the edge length size explosiveness i love marcus gold he looks cooked right now dennis gardeck should not play at all in the base defense ever majay sanders 
is 6'5". As much as I like to dog on Cincinnati's program last year, Saul Bookman knows the history with that. Like, they were a fucking Final Four team, and he was their best defensive player. And he's been very good every time he stepped on the field. And Cam Thomas is forcing holding penalties. He's given Tristan Wirfs the business over there. I, that, that to me, will always, always, always be Vance's undoing. I will defend Vance Joseph to hell or high water. I think he should be a defensive coordinator. Should, you know, he get fired at the end of the year. Go get another job somewhere. His inability to take a high draft pick the same year and get them starting experience as a rookie or even into year two in some cases, in Isaiah Simmons, Byron Murphy's case, that's his biggest downfall. I don't, I don't want to see journeymen, practice squad players who may know your system better play over these young guys. That, Everyone that to me, that, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, that to me is that the biggest critique I have of Vance. And then, yeah, and people in the comments saying their defense is thirty second in the NFL and giving up points. I was about to say everybody, uh, you know, flames on Cincinnati until they need Cincinnati in their in their <laughs> in their argument. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, we could, we could go on and on about this. These are not again nothing new about these issues, right? The same things that kind of plagued uh, Vance Joseph as well as well in Denver. You know, yeah. I mean, if you talk to anybody from DMVR and the experience that they had with Vance Joseph as their head coach. It was like the same shit we're talking about now, the lack of developing players. And again, when you have a lack of development on the defensive and offensive side of the ball, like yeah. think about it. What guys, uh, Greg Dorch, I, I don't even know if I want to make him the exception because Greg Dorch basically had to commit a crime just to get on the goddamn field. Like, I yeah. don't know who he had to, you know, murder, but Jesus, that's it. It, it feels like it, it takes something drastic for him to be able to get some run. So I can't really give – go ahead. No, 120 all-purpose yards, 98 yards receiving, and 25 yards rushing. 25 yards rushing, 8.3 yards per carry. And it's not like smoke and mirrors, Kyle Shanahan scheming some stuff up. People are wide open. Like, guys breaking tackles. That's yeah. always been my biggest critique. He's a football player. The Cardinals have too many guys – who, you know, it's that age-old saying, it looked like Tarzan, play like Jane. Like, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. But they got they got guys who were high draft picks, Rondell Moore, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler and company, that aren't nearly the football player that Greg Dorch is at the pro level. So you'd love to see that. He was almost Saul Bookman, our draft king's king of the game. And the only reason I didn't give it to him is because I had to give it to somebody on the defensive side. Marco Wilson picked yes. off Tom Brady yes. tonight. He's our draft king's king Twice. of the game. Hot damn Marco Wilson. Here's the deal. Everybody who likes to dog on Marco Wilson like he was a first-round pick and they have unrealistic expectations, bullshit. Fourth-round pick out of Florida, balling tonight on national TV, quote-unquote, Sunday night football. Fantastic. I, I love what I saw from Marco Wilson. I love what I see from DraftKings, by the way. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Some of you were probably sweating this. If this is the first time you've used our friends at DraftKings, first of all, welcome. You could have placed, and you can continue to place, a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. If this was your first and you dabbled on Tampa, congrats to you. If you dabbled on the Cardinals, I appreciate the support of our local team here in the Valley. But regardless, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. With the promo code PHNX, can you get this deal? $150 in free bets. Promo code PHNX, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. All right, Saul Bookman, let's talk about what everyone wants to talk about. 
Had Cliff Kingsbury won this game, do you think you, he would have had a better chance to keep his job than otherwise? And do you think, we're going to ask Bo this, do you think with how hard the team played, that helps him? Or does the fact that they're, I don't know, 1-11 in their last 12 home games really kind of make Michael Bidwell say, no, 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 I'm not getting fooled by this by this jokester again? No, I, I mean, you, you, you have to account for the to- total picture. Yeah. Um, and even in, in that story, when, when, you know, it was said that Cliff Kingsbury believes that he doesn't have the resources to succeed. If you're the owner and you hear that, it's basically saying that Kime and you didn't do your job to give him the yeah. things that he needed to succeed, which is mm-hmm. complete bullshit. Um, I mean, I would argue that Cliff Kingsbury has gotten more extreme, extreme, extrapolating or uh, extraneous tools than any other coach in the NFL in the last five yeah. years and considering what's been put together for him. So um, it's not for a lack of effort or trying uh, by the, by the executive staff. Uh, it's up to him. And I think, yeah. I think no matter what, at the end of the season, Michael Bill will, 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 will make the move. I really yeah. do. How can you, how can you do, how can you keep Cliff Kingsbury and, and don't have a fan base that's just rabid to, to get rid of him. So, so bad. I, it's I, the apathy that would come from this fan base oh, that man. we, we support people going to the game. I don't want you to sell your tickets. We hate seeing that. We want the Valley and the Cardinals to be, to be great. But with, with what this would look like having to support, and this could still happen. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what takes place, but having to support a head coach that number one is going to the media because let's, let's make no mistake. We love Josh wife friend of the program came on Friday show. If you haven't seen that, check that out. Basically like he had a source close to cliff Kingsbury that according to Saul, what he just said, it's basically cliff saying you guys haven't done enough for me. And if I'm Michael Bidwell, I'm saying motherfucker, what Hollywood Brown, Deandre Hopkins, James Connor, Zach Ertz, Trey McBride. You got Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, free agent contracts. You got all these resources. Most people feel like the Cardinals are one of the most talented teams to be where they are. Look at the other teams that you're down there with in the muck. With all due respect to our friends and family at CHGO, the Bears are terrible. The roster is awful. The Houston Texans are a complete gut job. And now, and we're going to talk about the draft standings later, you're a game away from those teams. So I, to me, Michael needs to just step outside and just say, this guy does not respect the opportunity that I gave him, maybe foolishly, you know, losing record at Texas Tech. I, I'm giving you this opportunity, and you come here and you blast me through anonymous sources on ESPN? Man, that that to me, I don't know how you function in the building. We already know that the Kime bidwell kingsbury relationship is, is scarred, and now Cliff and Kyler don't like each other. Then just make a move. Make a move because you, none of, it, it's not only bad off the, on the field, it's, it's bad off the field. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, Johnny. It, I I don't know what he's gonna do. I've I've sat here and thought, you know, ninety five different ways of how this could go, and every single path to me leads to Cliff Kingsbury being removed as head coach. Yeah. of this football team. You know, it's not something we clamor for for people to get fired, but you know, this that's the nature of this business. If you don't produce, then you got to go. Yeah. And I would say that this team is wildly un- underperformed. In its last 24 games, oh like God. that's a four and 20 record speaks for itself. Yeah. You don't need to be a genius to see that they had a phenomenal start to last season. That was the best stretch of football during the Kingsbury era. And they went six and oh, and they, and they should have been seven and oh after that game against the, the Packers. Since that point, they have been one of the worst 
teams in football, if not the worst team in football. You yeah. can't have such a drastic turn in just a calendar year like that. You just can't. No. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, hell, if you were if we were in a, a normal corporate environment and I was like, oh, by the way, you know, blah, 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 blah. And our stock dropped significantly. Uh, guess what? Heads got to roll. Yeah. Like, that's just how that goes. And I, Cliff Kingsbury has got to be that dude. He just doesn't. This makes, yeah, it makes me sad to talk about how bad the team has been, specifically at home. It makes me sad that the Valley hasn't had something, someplace to go and congregate and have a good time and watch good product. But I have something that hopefully will cheer everybody up, and it's via PHNX and our friends at Four Peaks. I'm talking about the PHNX Tea Party presented by Four <laughs> Four Peaks. Sorry. God bless you. Sorry. Dobson man. Ranch Golf Course. How about this party, Mr. Saul Bookman? What can you tell us? Because I, I look at this and I say, hot damn, foursomes at 160? That's a steal of a deal. Yeah, so what it's going to be is – I'm sorry, my allergies are really kicking up. So what it's going to be is it's going to be a group of us that, that are going to be out there. There's 41 bays. You can rent out a bay for the night, take a foursome, and, and you can play 18 different courses from TPC Sawgrass to – to Pebble Beach, whatever. Um, and we're going to compete all night. It's four and a half hours of just pure fun. Uh, we'll have long, uh, longest drive challenges. We have a putt-putt challenge, a three-point shootout, because they have a basketball hoop there. Don't ask me why. Um, and all your favorite <laughs> vendors from the PHNX family, such as OGs and uh, Four Peaks, will be out there selling um, some some tasty beverages and, and edibles, obviously. And then we'll have Burrito Express and stuff like that out there as well. So it's going to be a great time. Plus, there's a Suns watch party all at the same time. We're going to watch Timberwolves against the Suns, and then we're going to do our pre- and post-game shows out there. Um, so we're going to go out there and swing it and have fun and eat a bunch of stuff, drink a bunch of stuff, and kick it with everybody that comes. One more time, Mr. Bookman. What day is that going down? January 13th, baby. January Friday the 13th. 13th. Friday the 13th, which could be could be a celebratory day for a lot of people because, I'm sorry, Monday, January 9th, Black Monday in the NFL. So, I mean, that, that might be a big party week for a lot of people here in the Valley. You got a new maybe GM, head coach, come out to Four Peaks, or excuse me, come out to Dobson Ranch, presented by Four Peaks. Again, whole driving range is getting rented out, beer samples, swag. Check out the link in the description. Reserve your spot now because they're they're – they're, they're going fast. And again, our diehards, check out the Discord for your special link. You can save up to 20% on this fantastic event. It's the biggest event we've ever done. I'm so excited for it. I'm excited for you guys to check it out. Uh, and again, talking about the Arizona Cardinals, where this puts them in the draft landscape. Again, the L today, they're back in the top four, Saul Bookman. And you couple that with the fact that Sean McVay and company, they got a dub today against the hapless Denver Broncos. Cardinals are now in last place in the NFC West, which means season ended today, they would get a fourth-place schedule. That's enticing for a, a potential head coach. Maybe, I don't know, Sean Payton would see that. And I know a lot of people are questioning, why are the Arizona Cardinals behind Denver? They lost to Denver. Well, it's all about the strength of schedule. Denver played a little bit of a cupcake schedule comparison to Arizona, 488. So they have the tiebreaker. Unfortunately, it's not for win-loss head-to-head. Cardinals at strength of schedule at 520. But man, oh man, look at the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears get one more dub. Cardinals lose these last two. Cardinals now vaunt themselves into the top three. So right now we're looking at this record. Houston number one, Chicago number two, Denver, which belongs, of course, to Seattle because of the Russell Wilson trade. Cardinals number four, 
Indianapolis, even with if they were to beat the Chargers, or excuse me, lose to the Chargers tomorrow, they still will not leapfrog the Cardinals because of their tie. Cardinals right now, Saul Bookman, some would say sitting pretty with a top four pick. What are your assessments of this heading into these final two games? Who do we have left? We have Atlanta. And then at Atlanta, Bucks. at San Francisco. And again, before anybody's like, the Atlanta Falcons are terrible, I think this is not me hoping or wishing or praying. It's going to be very hard for the Cardinals after this big emotional loss to get on the road and go to the East Coast and have the will with all to play Atlanta, knowing that with this team, everything is emotional. They're always in the press for the wrong reasons. I could be wrong. They could go play the same inspired football they played tonight for Cliff Kingsbury. I, I think you're asking a lot for this team, even against Desmond Ritter, to go to Atlanta and beat the Falcons in their building next weekend. No, I agree. Plus, the Falcons have something to play for. They do. Um, but listen, Johnny, this is this is also in the Cardinals' DNA is to absolutely sacrifice the top five pick because you want to win some fluky game at the end of the season for no reason. Watch them go to San Francisco and beat San Francisco. Like, they'll lose to Atlanta. Then they'll go to San Francisco. Against their twos. And they will lose against San Francisco. Uh, you can almost book it, so. Well, here's here's my concern. Like I I care about the draft pick. Don't get me wrong, sure. Sean. Can we see that draft that draft group in one more time? My my concern is meaningless wins at the end of the year, saving Cliff Kingsbury's job. Yeah. I, I do think had they won tonight, Saul, and maybe won one of these last two, you you've got I don't know a little bit of momentum, false momentum. If you're Michael Bidwell, my concern is you win one of these games, and Michael Bidwell says, "Look, the team didn't quit." The draft pick, I, it's important, but the Cardinals have Kyler Murray. They're presumably not going to take a quarterback. To me, as long as you get the new tandem of a head coach and GM and you're going to be in the top 10 anyway, it's not a huge difference for me. I know everybody. I love Will Anderson and Jalen Carter as much as anybody else. I want them on our team. Please, God, make it happen. But for like, it feels like to get to the draft, I have to get through the next two weeks. And in the next two weeks, I need to see who's going to be running this team or at least knowing who's not going to be running this team in the form of Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. If I have assurance, if somebody gave me assurance on that today, I would be able to watch these last two games with a, a much more like clear mindset. Like you look at a team, I don't know, like the Denver Broncos, for instance, that are definitely going to fire Nathaniel Hackett, poor guy. And because they're trapped with Russell Wilson, they have to make it worth work with somebody else. Somebody, a team like Indianapolis that knows their head coach is not on the roster. They can play and look at these games kind of free and easy. Like Cliff is around until he's not. And until yeah. we get that text message or the notification or a DM from somebody in the know saying he's out, then I'm I'm inclined to just see. Listen, Josh Weinfuss on our show Friday, Saul said he thinks Cliff is back. Like very slim, not very slim chance, very slim margin over him being fired is he gets to stay. But I don't know. I don't know how if you're Michael Bidwell, the loot, there's just so much losing at home. How do you yeah. get your fan base excited about that? So to me, that that means much more than the draft status. Yeah, I I listen, I I just I, I don't feel like you can avoid any of this. I just feel like you need an organizational re- overhaul. You do. And I'm sorry, like, if you replace the GM, that means the head coach is going to be gone. Yeah. It's very rare that you replace Even the with GM. Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris, you yeah. would say they it, will want their own guy. Yeah, okay. because, yeah, they every GM. One, one of the things I was told when I first got into college athletics 
was that every athletic director makes his money off of the hires that he makes. It's yeah. not really anything else. You hire yeah. great coaches, guess what? The team's successful, you know, boosters donate money, yada, yada, yada. Well, it's the same thing with GMs. GMs are the athletic directors of the professional world, and every GM, every single GM wants to be able to control their own destiny by hiring the people that they want to hire. You, If you replace um, Steve Kime, and you even go with A-Dub, A-Dub ain't going to want to keep Cliff. Ain't, no. no, ain't going to happen, unless no. it's a mandate from Michael Bidwell. But I don't think I don't think Michael Bidwell um, operates in in those in the in that in that fashion. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to attract high level coaches and, and and GMs. He has already reportedly been meeting with potential minority candidates for the general manager position at that conference. He he is of course has the interim Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson who were sitting in the booth with him tonight. Who knows what that means or not in the grand scheme of things? I you know, I'm hopeful that Michael. Go ahead. I love a dub. I love a dub. I don't know. I don't know enough about a dubs um, GM skills uh, in terms of talent evaluation. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not in those rooms. So we have no idea like, Oh, a dub's been all over this one kid from, you know, right. uh, Whatever. South Dakota state. And Steve Kime ultimately was like, no, I like this kid from Massachusetts. Let's take Mm -hmm. this wide out. You know what I mean? So, um, it, those yeah. are, yeah, that's it. You know, Andy is a Bella reference. Uh, you know, and so it, it's just it's just too hard to tell. But what I do love is, is if Adrian Wilson and and I believe this to be true, hard worker like that's in his DNA. Um, you know, tireless work ethic, wants to learn, has been thirsty to learn. And I remember the conversations with Steve Kine back in the day when he would talk about that relationship because they're both North Carolina State guys and whatnot. So. I, I would believe that Adrian Wilson has the work ethic to be a GM. I just don't know about his his ability to to evaluate talent, and one doesn't necessarily lead to the other. And I think this this comment right here, Ada with with no experience is still better than Kime, and that's what we've come to is like anybody but Kime, and then we're going to work our way up to hopefully better expectations. We're waiting but, on Bo Brock here; he's going to join us here in a second. But Go again, ahead. but again, we're not we're not necessarily talking about just talent evaluation right talent acquisition and this is the part where i do believe steve kime is one great. of the elite at yeah. yes like being able to convince d hop to not only to be able to negotiate his own contract because d hop doesn't yeah. have an agent remember um and to be able to to get through that without hurting d hop's feelings understanding what's on the table and getting yep. them for what he believes is a good price and i would argue that it is a good price you've had d hop now you can cut him and you'd save yourself about 35 mil, I think. So there's a go ahead. Well, here's my problem with the A-Dub situation and Quentin Harris. And I, this is not an indictment on them as people and professionals. The Cardinals are not a winning franchise. So their, so their first inclination should not be promote from within. Like they're not, they're not close right now. You're, you have four wins on the season. You're last in your division. So you're, unless you feel like to Saul's point, if Adrian Wilson is pounding his table like Kime did once upon a time for Adrian Peterson, they took Levi Brown. Unless that's happening on the reg with Kime and and A Dub and Quentin Harris, like I I'm sorry, go and go pluck good GMs and executives from teams that know what the fuck they're doing. Like that should be your mo. Like I'm I love you know this franchise. They haven't hired an external GM in three decades. I mean that to me is 
is the biggest crux. We've got Bo Brock live from State Farm Stadium. He just got done listening to Cliff Kingsbury. Bo in his Christmas flannel tee. <laughs> what is the good word, my man? How was Cliff Kingsbury? Because I, I here's what I told Saul. Team didn't quit on them tonight, but his game management, I do feel like, cost the team the game. Yeah, I mean, this was team was up 16 to 6, under 10 minutes to play in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, the third one call, I don't even know what to tell you about that. That was a play that he, he had to speak for in the post-game press conference. Uh, four minutes left. You have James Conner who's rolling. He's over 100 total yards in offense for this Arizona Cardinals team. And then they put Keontae Ingram in a position to catch a pitch from Trace McSorley on third and one, and it turns into a fumble that puts Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that were struggling all game in prime position to tie it. They do. Cliff said, hey, that was something they were trying to set up. Uh, they liked their look there, and, and that's what they were going for, and it eventually cost them. I mean, they blew a 10-point lead at the end of the game. Frustrating. You know, Bo, Go ahead, Saul. You know, Bo, watching this game from the perspective of a third-string quarterback in Trace McSorley, <laughs> right. um, you know, obviously you can see the inexperience. You can see – um, that he just doesn't have the talent to be able to compete at a very yeah. high level, a little bit of inaccuracies. But overall, I didn't think he was awful. What, how would you assess his play today? I mean, he was missing DeAndre Hopkins uh, pretty well all game. I mean, 10 targets, and he came up with one catch. And we know DeAndre Hopkins' ability that when the ball goes up and it's within his general vicinity, he's going to come down with the ball. He had about seven balls that were just not catchable tonight it cost a lot of fantasy owners their their game in the semifinals this week and and our hearts go out to them but as far as you know Trace McSorley he just doesn't have the accuracy to compete uh he's a guy that uh you know I think nobody really envisioned him at Penn State even though he won a bunch of games there for the Daily Lions being somebody that was going to win football games at this level and you know credit to the offensive line for playing well this this week but, uh, yeah. you know, Trace, there was at one point he missed on six straight passes in the first half. It was just not good enough. But, look, I mean, for him to get his first start, for this team to lead by 10 points, like uh, a tip of the cap for his competitiveness, but that's about as far as it goes. Well, we got reports out of uh, State Farm Stadium, J.J. Watt, emotional after this game. I don't know if he had an opportunity to speak to the press or if you had a chance to bump into old number 99, but – speculation yeah. abound not only if this is his last game with the cardinals but if this is his last home game period what do you make of jj's performance and basically the spirited performance of the defense that did everything they could to win this game yeah i mean that was something that uh, cliff could talk to positively in the post-game press conference to say you know how tremendous uh jj had been you know he had a couple tackles tackles for a loss today he was putting the pressure on brady it seemed like all game long another solid first half for for Watt, and he, anytime the defense was making a big play on third down, it seems like 99 was involved. Uh, we, we usually don't see him post game after the games. He's usually in and out. Uh, uses uh, Cliff's press availability time to get dressed and get out of there. We, I mean, we saw him pre-game hanging out with the wife in the sun, his, his newborn son out there on on the sidelines before the game. So I don't know. Maybe it was just the holidays that were getting the best of him. Uh, or it was just another loss. It was just another game that they had within their grasp that they let go. And this Arizona Cardinals team now drops to four and 11, the most losses under Cliff Kingsbury since he started here, which is crazy because, you know, his first season, that roster was not nearly as talented despite all the injuries. He goes five, 10 and one. Now he's four and 11 in his fourth season.
the obligatory question that we have to ask every single person that ever comes on to this show, as you know, Bo, but I'm going to ask you after this game, does Cliff Kingsbury survive the season? No, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think it's it's pretty much uh, it, they, they've got to move on. You've got Sean Payton building all-star coaching staffs and, you know, who's going to be in a prime position to contend for his services. And you got a guy who just uh, who just finished up a one and seven performance at State Farm Stadium. Now, people can say, hey, they went at one and at home and they'll call that neutral field uh, game in, in Mexico City a home game. But they went one and seven in front of their hometown fans. That's that's just not that's not getting getting it done. Was it Johnny now five and uh, 15 over their last 20? Not yeah, not competing. No, not competing. Uh, we got more questions for Bo. I want to remind everybody right now. Today is the last day. For the holiday clearance event that's happening at More Furniture, morefurniture.com. Check it out right now. You can save up to 50% off on the premium furniture that you can't find anywhere else. It is littered throughout our PHNX studios. It's much better than this, you know, off-brand chair I'm sitting in right now at my place. I wish I had some more <laughs> furniture. I'm going to get on the website right after we're done. Again, morefurniture.com. It's what you want to buy for for your home and not it's the premium items that aren't at a premium price get in on the action with more furniture and i want to of course underdog fantasy listen saul bookman's in this in the semifinals of our year-long fantasy league we're not going to talk about how Bo and i finished in year-long fantasy if it makes, you, I know feel, it, if it makes you feel any better d hop only got me one cash tonight oh, and man. so i am up i am you up were one of those like, guys i'm up by like 0. 0.05 points right now I do have Mike Williams and a linebacker from Indy. He still has a uh, running back from Indy that got traded from Buffalo. Forgetting his name. Yeah, Zach Moss. Moss, yeah. So, so you're we'll sweating see. it out. Oh, yeah. It's a tie game. It's a tie game. He's, he's sweating it out year-long fantasy. We're living it up daily fantasy because, again, you pick up the pieces, <laughs> you move on to the next day, and you do it with underdog fantasy. Draft your team up against five of your friends, the highest-scoring squad, Gets that cold hard cash for the evening. Hey, if you're if you're pivoting off the NBA or excuse me the NFL, it's not your deal. You, you you just you haven't had good luck. Go to the NBA. Draft six NBA players. No positional limits. That's it. Will Devin Booker hit the higher end points? Will Ben Simmons hit the lower end points? You know he will. It's easy to get started. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com. Download the app. Sign up with promo code. You guessed it. PHNX. Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. It's better than any fantasy app you've used. It's super simple. Again, underdogfantasy.com, underdog fantasy app, PHNX. Get in on the action today as we break down the game. Again, with Bo Brock and Bo, I think one of the biggest indictments of Cliff Kingsbury's season, and it it feels like a sub bullet because there's so many, but the refusal Mm. to consistently give somebody like Greg Dortch playing time, and he goes out on Christmas Day, 120 total yards of offense against Todd Bowles, and looks like every bit the player that you hoped Rondell Moore and Isabella would be. And we're sitting here, and we're, it's like we're week 15, and we're like, what are we doing? I think to me, and that was all over the and littered on the Twitter streets tonight, but man, man, that is that is a huge indictment of talent evaluation from Cliff. Yeah, we'll uh, tweet out pre- uh, Cliff's answer to uh, you know, the question of why has it been so hit and miss as far as playing time for Greg Dorch? I mean, going into this game the last two weeks, he played 10 offensive snaps combined, 10. And this is a guy who had 10 catches on 11 targets tonight. I mean, in every game that you can think that you remember Greg Dorch getting significant offensive snaps, even like 
half of the offensive snaps, he was making an impact just like he did yeah. tonight. And Cliff said that it, it's, it was a process. It's like every time we saw this guy go out, he was a dog. He was, he was making plays for this team. Like what's the process? I mean, if, if that's the process, abandon it at this point. Play your right. best players. Doesn't matter where you're drafted. Doesn't matter how big your signing bonus was or what you're making uh, on a yearly basis. And you know, Greg Dorch, ten catches for 98 yards. He had a couple carries too, for so over 120 yards from scrimmage. I mean, that's just that's a guy that's making an impact on the game. I mean, we went through the entire first half where it, outside of uh, the the trick play, two guys had caught passes. It was Greg Dorch and it, it was it was James Conner and, and Dorch. Yeah. No matter who he's played now with three quarterbacks this season. And he's made an impact with each and every one of Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy, and now Trace McSorley. It doesn't matter who's throwing it. It doesn't matter what the offensive scheme is. It doesn't matter what defense is playing him, what big name corners on him, what safeties on him. doesn't matter. He makes plays. Uh, it, it's just a shame. And to hear, just to chalk it up, it's part of the process. I mean, that's part of the problem. I've already gone off about Greg Dortz. I've already gone off about how I'm sorry about D Hop, man. Is. That sucks. <laughs> it is what it is, man. I'm still, I'm still living. I'm still, I'm all right. But you know, again, like, we, we can go back and forth. Like I just listen. Cliff Kingsbury's process has been flawed since he's been here. It's just, it just has. Mm-hmm. You, there's just, there's just so many instances where he should be doing X, but he does Z instead. Tonight you can you can look at two right off the bat in terms of why haven't you played Greg Dorch even more and why the fuck did you go with the with the flip on third and one like it just there's just so many things that you just don't understand where they're coming from and I alluded to this a little earlier so I won't digress. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch a team both. I uh, I had a find a team find a way to lose. Yeah, it, it was definitely a new way. And, you know, that's what bad teams do. I mean, they find new ways to lose. And they've certainly done that several times this season. You know, it, it, when I was getting ready to come up and join you guys, I saw Mike Golick, who spent so many years uh, in, in the radio booth, um, you know, hosting a morning show. He played in the NFL. And he was saying, I heard, I overheard him talking to his son, Junior, on the way out. He says, what the hell was that 31 play? He said, what the hell was that? That was what he was saying going into the elevator. It's just like people are just flabbergasted by, you know, decisions down the stretch by this team. It's it's just like it's it's not just us. It's not just people who are watching this team on a daily basis, weekly basis. It's it's people who even just check getting a check of it on the periphery or getting a glimpse of it on a primetime game. Cardinals now fall to what? One and three on primetime? That's the Cliff Kingsbury experience is what you should have said to him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I do have to ask, because the defense played a spirited game. Marco Wilson, I thought, best game maybe as a, as a pro, two picks off of Tom Brady. I, there are some building blocks on this team, and this is what I was discussing with Saul. This is not a bear-covered instance, maybe like 2013, maybe like 2011, 2018, you're starting over with a new quarterback. There's talent on this roster, and I think that's the biggest point of frustration with a lot of Cardinal fans is, yeah, you've got better skill players than most teams that you play. You just don't utilize them correctly, and you've got defenders Mm -hmm. that are flying around the ball. Isaiah Simmons, Marco Wilson, I thought Buda had a good game, and you just – they don't – right now, it's not – the talent isn't evolving to wins, but I would say that's got to be pretty attractive for the next GM head coaching combination for this franchise, assuming that they, they do make a move that the cupboard is not bare. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, it's more, there's more talent in this roster than 2018. Cause in 2018, you had Patrick Peterson who, who wanted out. He requested a trade. You had Larry Fitzgerald who was in his late thirties and you didn't have much more than that Buda Baker who was an up and comer. Now you have, like, as you mentioned, Marco Wilson just picked off the goat twice. And I know Tom Brady's a shell of himself, but he made some good plays, you know, multi-pick game. That's, that's tough to do at the NFL level. He left, of course, he wasn't in that final series uh, against Brady and the Bucks here in overtime. He suffered another stinger. I don't know if it was the same kind of issue with his neck and stinger that he suffered. It had a miss a, a week of it last week. Um, but like Buddha, you've got Jalen Thompson, you've got Marco Wilson, you've got, uh, we'll see what they do with Byron Murphy, who's IR for the remainder of the year, but, you know, just showing some flashes. And then you've got guys, uh, you know, two young linebackers that you have to figure out, you know, can they play? Can they, are they guys that they want to sign to second contracts? But as you're right, on the defensive side of the ball, you've got young guys that can be controllable. And on the offensive side, you know, you, you've got some pieces that you like as well. It, it, it is We've gone over it at nauseum, Johnny, and it's been, you know, I think it's reassuring to Cardinals fans that this is this is going to be something where if you get the right coach, you can quickly pivot from being now a last place team in the NFC West to, you know, getting back to where you were a year ago, a year removed. And Bo, I want to pivot off that last question to what you just said next year and what the landscape is going to look like. We got a report from NBC Sports tonight that Kyler Murray is on track to have surgery with the Dallas Cowboys surgeon, his the team doctor there, with his knee in the coming days, which would put him on in route to probably miss the month of September with an eye to return in October of 2023. Is that best-case scenario? Is that worst-case scenario somewhere in between? Or, or do we just have to see how Kyler is looking, let's say, six months from now, and then make a decision? Yeah, let's get the surgery done. That's, as you said, the report coming up January 3rd. Cliff had said he, didn't, he hadn't heard any of that, but uh, that was from the sideline reporter on That's tonight's broadcast. To so, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah. The head coach exactly. of this organization doesn't know what the fuck's going on with the star quarterback. <laughs> I didn't hear any of right. that. The same bullshit you hear every week from him. God, it's so right. fucking annoying. So, um, but as far as the recovery, nine months, right? Uh, I mean, we'll just see. I mean, you would think a guy who's going to be 26 in August, you know, a guy who was drafted in the top 10 in, in two sports, two professional sports, major league, uh, in baseball and, and number one overall in football, Heisman winner, that he's probably going to have the ability to bounce back quickly. But, you know, the NFL starts what they kick off like around 12th, 13th, 14th of, the, of, of September. So, I mean, we could talk about him missing three weeks of the season, two weeks of the season. So, I mean, that that is probably best case scenario for the Arizona Cardinals. I wouldn't want to think that or think that they're going to rush him back to be week one. But, you know, we've seen crazy Burrow got back that quickly. Um, but, you know, is he going to be the guy that 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 can get back to where he was not this season, but the years before that? Uh, and that's going to come down to not only the recovery and rehab, but. You know, who's the guy that's going to be uh, coaching him up at that point? Well, this team goes on the road next week to Atlanta. Then they finish the season in San Francisco. Um, on You know, on the surface, you could be playing San Francisco's backups in week 18. Mm-hmm. Next week, though, Saul and I are kind of on the same page. I, I think it's going to be hard for this team. Big emotional loss, national TV, to get up to go to Atlanta, albeit against Desmond Ritter and company to play the Falcons. I, I'm not, again, we're not rooting for losses here, but I, I think it's foolish to expect. I think this was the, the Cardinals' last fastball they had in the 2022 mm-hmm. season where they could rev it up, play hard, 
and be competitive for four quarters against a team that I think is going to make the playoffs. What do you expect from the team the last two weeks of the season? And again, does it have any, you know, I, I guess prereqs on the on Cliff keeping his job or Steve Kime potentially coming back, or is this is this coffin done? Uh, Michael, I, I got news for you. Caleb's not going to be eligible to be drafted this season. But no, I mean, let me ask you this question. Did you feel like tonight's loss was ever any part of it was due to effort or lack thereof? No, no, it was no, game management. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. And I, I don't I, I give credit to this team for actually showing up and, and playing hard, you know, for the bulk of the season. Now you can, you, you got a couple uh, examples you could single out like Hamilton in Mexico city and letting George Kittle make a business decision and all that. But uh, for the most part, this is a team that uh, has played hard, but, you know, schematically, you know, taken from Kyler Murray, they've been aft. Uh, but also it's, it's just been, they get in their own way in other ways. So I think they'll be up for it, but, you know, going across the country, uh, taking on a, a, a kind of a an Atlanta team that's hungry, technically mathematically still in it uh it just adds up to another loss to them and i, I just don't see them being able to get, compete especially with like trace mcchorley or even if, if mccoy's back to play for that game it's frustrating i got two games left i want to remind everybody go to gophnx.com become a diehard we got the big event coming up with our friends at four peaks if you sign up to become a diehard you get 20 percent off that event on january 13th. I want to remind everybody, check out the work of Howard Balzer that he gave me a sneak preview, everybody. So this is this is something <laughs> that you're only going to be able to see in this podcast on this show. The lead for Howard Balzer late on Christmas night and the last night of Hanukkah, Santa Claus left town and the menorah ran out of oil. The only question mm-hmm. is how much time does Cliff Kingsbury have left? How about that for a banger of an article you can only get from our very own Howard Balzer. Smash the promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D at gophnx.com. want to thank our friends uh, at Burrito Express for hooking up the office this past week with those sweet, sweet burritos. We love our friends at Burrito Express. Thank you so much. I want to thank the GM, Saul Bookman. He opted on this. He's got double duty. He's got Suns postgame in about 10 minutes. Fourth quarter, a nail-biter. Jump over there. We got PHNX programming on the reg. Bo, live at State Farm Stadium. Bo and I and Damian Anderson are back. Manana tomorrow. We'll hear from Cliff and company. Johnny Venerable, thank you guys so much. Like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Two weeks out from NFL Black Monday. What will it hold for the Redbirds and company? Find out soon. Take care, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.